Hey everyone, welcome to the College Life Podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about life in college as Christians. I'm Marty. I'm here in Studio One. That's Ben over there in Studio Two. Say hey, Ben. Hey guys. Um, today we're going to talk about what's life going to be like once we are out of quarantine. What does this? What does life look like once the lockdown is done? What do you, What's the new normal? going to look like. And so today we brought in two not-so-leading experts. We have Travis. Say hey, Travis. Hey, Travis. <laughs> All right. And then we've got the really not-so-expert on anything, Hanson. Say hey, Hanson. <sighs> Marty, just go ahead and slap me now. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So what do you guys think? What's life going to look like once, once the new normal Starts. What are some things that are that we're gonna see experience? Um, I think like from a public health standpoint, like and particularly like in Asian cultures, it's common to wear like face mask when you're feeling a little under the weather and stuff like that. And they've dealt with like epidemics like COVID nineteen. So I think having that experience now for us, it could improve public health and the more awareness and more uh, just attention to how you're affecting others health-wise. Have you noticed that there is no longer the stigma for wearing a mask mm -hmm. when you go out? Like it used to be when this started, the first couple of people that wear a mask, you're like, those people are crazy. And now everybody's wearing a mask. And yeah, so yeah. what else? become the opposite now. Yeah, if you're not wearing a mask, yes. I, I will tell you that I wear a mask a lot of times going into places so that I don't look like the oddball, that I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what people are going to think if I'm not wearing a mask. Are they going to come over and get mad at me because I'm risking everybody's life by not wearing a face mask? Yeah. Well, it's been uh, interesting thinking about how we're going to return to church especially talking with people and staff, because um, one person brought up a good point today. Singing as a congregation might be tough to get back to now, because, um, I don't know, there was a, a choir that went to California, and um, I don't know their age, but they practiced together, and most all of them got coronavirus, so it's going to be interesting to see how we adjust as a church, and um, moving forward, you know, kind of what precautions we take. So... I'm excited and worried at the same time. I think it's going to change things that we never even thought it would change. I was talking to someone the other day, and apparently the MLB announced that when they start back up, there's going to be stuff like they're not allowed to spit, so no sunflower seeds and spitting on the field for players, and then coach signals you're not allowed to touch your face anymore. So they're going to have to completely change minor details of the game in ways that we never even thought. We watched uh, soccer this weekend, of course, because that's what we do. But the German league started back up, and some interesting things that you saw was, first of all, the players on the bench were having to sit six feet apart. So literally, the coaches and the bench took up one half of the field. We're all spread out all the way along the side of the field. And because there were no people in the stadium, you could hear the coaches hollering at the players on the field 
and it was like almost like I don't know if I like that or not. You know, I was amazed at how much I missed seeing people in the stands. You know, that that was an interesting thing. But like what else are what other things are you going to be thinking of? Like how are you acting now when you intentionally unintentionally is it becoming conscious thought or unconscious thought when you go into the grocery store when you go into stores what is your behavior like now when you are around people you're definitely more cautious like you're you keep your distance um i think like when i go to like pay for stuff I, if there's an option to like use my phone to where they scan it and I don't have to touch somebody, I use that more often. Um, I have cash in my wallet that I haven't even touched because I just don't want to, you know, pass it along any germs to the cashier or anybody working. So I think that's something that could be changing in a lot of places. Like there's a coffee shop that I go to a lot and they announced on like June 1st or something they're no longer taking cash at all. It's all digital, all wow. credit, you know, like they really are. I think we have a heightened sense of like how dirty money and just everyday items are now. So, Are you keeping your distance out of respect for other people? Or are you keeping your distance out of fear for you getting sick? Yeah, I think it's for, like, me and, like, most, like, college students, it's, like, you are not really the one at risk, but it's your loved ones that are at risk, and it's just other people. So, like, when I wear a mask, I'm not doing it for my health. I'm doing it for other people's health. So. What I'm getting at is have in that you're, you're more conscious of your bubble you're more conscious of your your surroundings how has that changed how you are interacting with those people around your bubble here's what i'm getting at like you used to pass people in walmart a foot apart and not even recon- not even see their face and now you turn and you're coming down the aisle towards each other you're having to look at each other to decide who's doing what, who's going where, and all that stuff. What is your what is your interaction with that person, verbal, nonverbal? I guess what I'm getting at is, have you noticed that you are more polite to people? Are you more, I don't know, I don't know the word to say. Give you an example. Like if I, if I, I've noticed that when I'm in Walmart or Publix or anywhere, out of respect for them, keeping the six feet, that I'm actually engaging in discussion with people more because I'm like, oh, hey, no, you go ahead. I'm being more, I'm trying to be more polite. I'm trying to be more socially conscious, I guess is a good word. Well, I've, I, like, I've always been someone that doesn't like to shop for long periods of time anyways. So <laughs> definitely with this, it's been even like planning out my route. So I'm only going in the store to get one thing. Uh, at a time and just trying to be as minimal as possible when it comes to going to the store. Um, and I've really just been doing a lot of online ordering and um, <clears throat> drive-through stuff because 
the necess the necessity of like going to Publix or going to Walmart has really declined for me and I know a lot of uh, younger generations with Amazon and all that stuff. So I don't know. It's just something I haven't really had to bother with. I'd say people are more reclusive now because I'm much less likely to, to strike up a conversation. I wouldn't before, but I'm not going to strike up a conversation with anybody from that far away. I find myself making wider turns and going an extra distance to stay out of people's little bubble and not offend anybody. But do you, are you smiling when you do? Because I, I would dare say that we wouldn't have smiled before. Now it's like, you're. are you smiling? Are you giving them that little acknowledgement that you are aware of their bubble? Does that make sense? Are we being Christ-like even in the nonverbal where we're at least smiling at people? We're, we're saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. That's why I'm staying six feet apart. That's why we're not going down the aisle the same direction kind of thing. I'm just, I'm just curious about that. I've, I've, I've noticed my behavior has changed. I'm not doing like what Hanson was saying. I'm not going into Walmart to get the one thing because I'm not going to go to the store just to get one thing. I'm going to make sure I get everything when I go, which means I'm there for a longer time, which means I'm going to be bumping into people just trying to be aware of my surroundings. Go back to the what you talked about not using money anymore. What do you think is going to... How is... How is business going to change you know you you talk now like have has the restaurant landscape completely changed you know have we gone to curbside pickup with all restaurants like will we ever return to the cultural you know the restaurant was the cultural hub you know it's where we met that's where we sat and talked with our friends and all that stuff has that changed what's that's going to look like i think yeah, I think that definitely has changed. I think a lot of restaurants have realized that the model works. So like Whataburger, for example, they never would have done curbside without without this pandemic, like flat out. They just, that's not, that's never been their model to do something like that with like Chick-fil-A. That's absolutely something they would do. But like Whataburger, their sales are doing really well with drive through and the curbside. So I think they're going to keep that pretty much forever. Um, I do think that we will return to sitting in a restaurant and having conversations because that's just, that's human. Like that's what we do. So I think that will continue. I think like Chick-fil-A, for example, they have contactless drive through now. Like you literally do not touch anybody or, or pretty much anything when you're going through. So I think, you know, that's something that, they did with relative ease so i think that will continue and i think it should continue but yeah so i think we it will go back to the same in some ways but i think from a business standpoint a lot of those things will stay just because it's profitable and i think the main reason why it'll go back partly to the same is because like especially with states reopening people are showing that they want to you know, still meet with each other in social gatherings and stuff like that. Like, um, I heard in Panama City, the beaches are full and restaurants are, like, basically almost open. And uh, it's just one of those things. People don't want to stay alone and uh, isolated all the time. So they're going to find ways to gather. If it's at restaurants, I mean, 
I think that's what I was getting at. Is is the restaurant going to stop being the cultural hub? Is there going to be a different hub? Are we going to start meeting in parking cha- parking lots in lawn chairs or at the park instead of restaurants? Like we still want to get together. We still want to fellowship. We still want to be around each other. Restaurants were the perfect opportunity because you could do food. Now, are you going to order your Whataburger on your app, pick it up and go to the park and hang out with your friends because you can't all get in to Whataburger? I would I would say temporarily, like for maybe that could happen for maybe like a year after all this clears up. But throughout human history, eating has been the hub of all socialization. Like you just that's where you go to, to talk to people and to like kind of have that human contact or to even just get business done. Like I think it is so innate that we will not go away from that completely. I think just out of sheer convenience, the, the model of sitting in a restaurant is not going to go away because you go in, you have one place that everyone has to drive. You don't have to set up chairs. Don't have to, to drive separate vehicles, separate places. You go in, you sit down, you eat your food and you leave. You don't have to do the cleanup. You don't have to do the prep work. You don't have to do anything aside from eat and socialize. So I think as a, as a lazy population, the convenience factor is going to be a big pull. One thing that probably is at risk of going away, though, is the movie theater you know, business. Because <laughs> what's to stop people from staying at home and watching all their movies on streaming from now like for the rest of the time? Because... If you see like the drop off between like when we first heard about this disease to now, there's no one in movie theaters, and like they've been losing. Disney lost like 1.4 billion dollars the other day just because they're not showing movies because of the pandemic. So a lot of these things, like restaurants, are still going to be fine, but a lot of these extra stuff, curricular things, um, might be at risk of leaving our society. Um. I'm going to disagree, and I'm a, I am a little partial to movie theaters because I'm a movie buff. However, I just feel like there is like a social aspect of going with a bunch of friends to a movie theater. It's an experience. You're not going to get a huge screen and great sound quality at home, or at least for the majority of America, you're not. Um, I think like the snacks, the drinks, is a whole experience that is not replicatable at home. So I think movie theaters will be fine. I, I'm i going to go against the flow on that one, I think. I'm going to go against Ben and side with Handsome. Um, <laughs> what? I, I have always, I, I've never been super big into movie theaters because, you know, there is a social aspect to it. But when you're in a theater, the movie's playing, you can't socialize. The movie's playing, you're expected to sit there and be quiet. I feel like if the movie's released immediately to streaming, you can sit in your home, have friends over, watch it together, pause the movie, go get a meal, go do whatever you want, then pick it back up, and you're able to talk and converse during the movie without upsetting other people. And you're not going to pay, you're not going to have to take out a second mortgage to get your Coke and popcorn. <laughs> you can get a two liter and a bag of Instant Pop and call it a night. Uh, even like the fact of just sitting in a room with like, 100 to 300 people watching a movie together it's I don't know it uh, I feel like people after this are not going to want to stick around in crowds that large 
But do you see that being a permanent thing, not wanting to be in crowds that large? It's definitely going to be around for a while for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the point. Is I think, yes, for a while there's going to be a enough of a population that does not want to be in large crowds that sporting events, concerts, movie theaters, things like that are going to have to figure out something. What are some crazy, silly things that you think are going to change? Obviously, the whole face mask uh, thing is now nobody's, everybody's not just buying the regular blue surgical face mask. Everybody's got to get the the customized face mask or the, the decorative face mask, you know, how much does it cost to get college life face masks printed, you know, and what are some other silly things that, that we see happening? I think it, it, I don't know if this is exactly what you're asking, but I think the, it's kind of silly people, how uneducated they are about just something as simple as wearing a face mask or not touching things. <laughs> Because you see it all the time, people walking around, they have the face mask on, but they have it pulled down under their nose so it's easier to breathe, right. effectively making it useless. And, like, I was in, I think it was a Wendy's the other day, going through the drive-thru, and I went to pay, and the lady handed me a bucket to put my card in. I put my card in the bucket, then she reached her bare hand and grabbed the card out of the bucket, used it, <laughs> put it back in the bucket, and gave it to me. So it's just, yeah, people are putting in an effort, but a lot of it can be... Well, so that that brings up my last thing here. Is is there a warranted fear factor? Obviously, we need to be sensitive to other people, but do we need to behave differently just because of that? Here's what I'm getting at, all right? And I, I, I got some scripture here. Before the virus came about, we were never promised tomorrow. Tomorrow was never guaranteed and we went about our life every day not thinking about you know that kind of stuff Matthew 6 says this therefore I tell you do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on if not life is not life more than food nor body more than clothing look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I guess what I'm getting at here is, because of the fear, are we, have we lost some faith in God? This virus didn't, didn't surprise God, didn't catch him off guard. 
He's still in absolute control. He's still in control of our lives, you know, no matter what. So should that, should fear be a part of our lives? Here's, here's, here's what somebody wrote into me. Is a different version of death a reason for fear? You're going to die of something at some point, someday, you know. Yeah, but I would still, you still have to be smart about it. You can't, just because you shouldn't be anxious and because you're going to just die from something, you shouldn't just go at, go head first into a, a crowd of people, you know. I will say that, like, um, it's interesting how many people have put, like, all of, all of their trust and faith into, um, like, some of the humans you see on TV every day, like CDC officials and stuff like that, um, especially during the beginning of this, and um, I don't know how little, um, like, faith and belief in um, <clears throat> God was even shared. Like, um, it's just interesting to me to think about how many different ways people die every year um, like from car accidents or the flu or things like that and uh, people don't care about that uh, like a lot of people didn't even know that 50 or 60,000 people died of the flu last year but um, now that this has come out we realize that but we're choosing to put our trust in things on this earth and not in things of God right I think uh, for me, the fear is there. You, you know, it's human nature to be afraid of things. Um, but for a lot of people, it was kind of touched on earlier, the fear isn't as much of getting the virus and dying. It's that I could go somewhere, pick up the germs, and spread it to someone else that I care about. I survive and they die from it. Like, one of my worst fears is I'll be, like, when I'm driving, I'm not concerned that I'll get in a car accident and die. I'm concerned that I'll get in a car accident and kill someone else and then have to live on knowing that my actions caused someone else's death. Mm -hmm. And I think you can really easily equate that to our, our actions causing someone else to get the, the virus and them dying from it and then us feeling morally responsible and having to deal with that. All right. All right. <clears throat> that was the serious part of our discussion there. All right, so... Uh, we're going to end every podcast with a little, throughout the week, little stupid things come up. And so we have to we have to resolve them here on the College Life Podcast. And something that's been bugging me for a long, long time is the whole classification of Oreo cookies. All right. So my nephew stated to me one time about talking about vanilla cookies, and I was like, in my mind, a vanilla cookie is a vanilla Oreo cookie is referring to the cookie, the regular Oreo cookie. And he's like, no, that's not the vanilla cookie. The vanilla cookie is the golden cookie. I'm like, well, that would be so-and-so. So thoughts on the Oreo cookie thing. Ben, I know you're just dying to discuss here. I, okay, so you're saying the black and white Oreo cookie is the vanilla Yes. Correct. And the what would the the golden or yellow one be? The well, apparently Oreo Nabisco has made it the golden cookie. So it's the golden cookie. 
So, <laughs> so I brought in another not so leading expert, Tyler here on the Oreo cookie discussion. So Tyler, go away here. All right. When describing the vanilla Oreo, you're using vanilla as an adjective. And by definition, an ad the adjective form of vanilla means having no special or extra features, ordinary or standard. Therefore, that would be referring to the original Oreo. Also, if you want to talk about the golden Oreo, golden describes color. Golden has nothing to do with the taste. So if you say vanilla, you're referring to more of the taste of the Oreo and the like basic Oreo. But if you say golden, you're referring to the color. Therefore, the golden Oreo is more of a golden <laughs> color. Uh, vanilla does not mean golden by no standards. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And that's the thought on I'm going to be honest. I wasn't even a part of that debate. <laughs> it was anyway, I just wanted little... to get I wanted to get the the thought process. I know everybody's thinking if I say vanilla Oreo, you're thinking the golden Oreo, and I'm just telling you it's not and Tyler just needed to speak his mind on that yeah. topic. So I did some research, and um, the golden Oreo. Hanson did some research. But apparently Tyler did research, too. I actually had to re them up. So apparently the golden Oreo, unlike the normal Oreo, contains vanilla extract, which is vanilla flavoring that would cause it to taste like vanilla. Is it extracted from the vanilla? I don't know what vanilla is, but that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. vanilla is the vanilla extract extracted from the vanilla. Like the basic, the ordinary. Yeah, that's the adjective. I'm talking yeah. about vanilla extract. He's talking about the flavoring. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting. Vanilla. Because when you're referring to a golden Oreo, you're referring to the color of the Oreo. Yeah. And the golden Oreo is really a vanilla Oreo. Yeah. They just don't know how to name things, I guess. Could Oreo not be the flavor because there's Oreo flavored things? <laughs> <laughs> and let's just end right there. All right, so <laughs> that is that is the conclusion of our discussion today. Um, you can look up uh, College Life on uh, Facebook, and you can look up College Life on Instagram. And join those two, and I guess tune in next week for the next version of College Life. Dun, dun.